0: Hey, it's Liz Kelly, and welcome to the Ringer Podcast Network. Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs are Super Bowl champions, so for coverage of the game and everything that happened in Miami, check out the Ringer NFL show for their game recap. And on the site, you can read Danny Heifetz on Andy Reid, Roger Sherman on Patrick Mahomes, and Robert Mays on Kyle Shanahan's Super Bowl Deja Vu. On The Ringer's YouTube channel, make sure to check out Slow Newsday with Kevin Clark live from Miami with a bunch of special guests like Miles Teller and Glenn Powell. You can watch and subscribe at youtube.com slash The Ringer.
1: Welcome to this week's episode of the JJ Reddick podcast with Tommy Alter. Um, We are here in Chicago. It is Wednesday, the day before the NBA trade deadline.
0: Snowy
1: Chicago. A somewhat quiet trade deadline thus far, although the Clint Capella, Robert Covington trade went down last night. Uh, We're going to talk with Zach Levine here in a little bit, uh, and we'll talk all star Chicago, Bulls. A bunch of stuff with him. For this week's Power Rankings, uh, given that the uh, it's Oscar season, yeah, I'm very
0: excited about it. Big Night Sunday. Big Night Sunday. Um, did, you see, did you see Parasite? I haven't yet. It's Parasite, really. for anyone listening who has not seen it, is I have no idea if it's going to win, uh, but it's one of the best movies, I think, of the last 20 years.
1: So your idea was to do the biggest... Oscar snubs yes of the last 20 years or is this just period ever ever this is in your opinion so this ever. is probably you're not going to include well, many
0: movies from the 40s 50s or 60s no because i haven't seen them but yeah. <laughs> i think i think everworks the oscars are a uh as any award show is they they get a lot of stuff wrong um That's and there've fair. been some, there've been some high profile snubs and i think rather than us talking about our favorite so these are Oscar movies,
1: movies nominated for best picture
0: that did not win Best Picture. Not just Best Picture. Any things that were, any movies that were nominated or actors or actresses that were nominated or directors that were nominated. Just snubs in general. Nominees. Any snub. That should have won and did not. In general. Why don't you do your list first? Okay. I'm going to run through it quick. Five, uh, Sam Jackson, Pulp Fiction, 1994. Uh, Lost to Martin Landau. No actors from that movie won, which is crazy because the acting in that movie is insane. Four. Uh, this is kind of a weird one. Last year, did you see uh, Green Book? Yeah, I did. Did you like it? It was a solid uh, movie. I thought it was a solid uh, C minus movie. <laughs> uh, Green Book won Best Picture. Did it really? It won Best Picture somehow, some way. That movie won Best Picture, and so I think, honestly, one of the biggest Oscar snubs ever is A Star Is Born losing to Green Book. Star is Born was not a perfect film by any stretch. But it was a movies movie. I so I saw it twice. I think it's I think the acting was incredible. Uh obviously Gaga's uh, Gaga's on another level. And the fact that Green Book won meant I had to put something in here. Uh three. So nineteen seventy-three. Oh yes. <laughs> Godfather won Best Picture, but Francis Ford Coppola, who directed The Godfather, and Pacino, Al Pacino, both lost. Uh Coppola lost to uh, Joel Gray, and I don't have who Pacino lost to, but basically Cabaret, with the exception of Best Picture, Cabaret, which I saw and is a Cabaret is a great film, great musical. It's not Godfather, just in any stretch, it's not Godfather. Cabaret beat out Godfather for most of the big awards, which is not cool. Number two, in the same vein, uh, this was egregious. Goodfellas, <laughs> egregious. Goodfellas in '91 lost to Dances with Wolves. Scorsese. Famously lost. Scorsese didn't win an Oscar until *The Departed* Uh, and *Dances with Wolves*, which Kevin Costner did, which is just a highly mediocre film in every way. You
1: given what's what's the Hollywood term for? for, Is it whitewashing? Yes. Yes. So is that that would would that movie be included in in that *Dances
0: with Wolves*? Yeah, I think, but I think it's also far down the list of the problems with it. It just was a (laughs) it's a basically an unwatchable film that won Best Picture. Okay. Uh, number one, 2011. But
1: to a to a seven or eight year old kid, that sex scene was
0: something. <laughs> it was something. <laughs> That's a different conversation. <laughs> number one, uh, uh, 2011. King's Speech beat The Social Network. So this is The Social uh, Network. To me, this is a little bit of a hot take, but I actually don't think that hot of a take. I think The Social Network may be the best movie ever made.
1: The best movie ever made. So I've seen it or listed as the best movie of the 21st century. Yes. So I don't think that's a, the hottest take I've ever heard, but yeah. best movie ever made, maybe. I don't have a problem with you saying that's a snub, necessarily, but The King's Speech was a great movie. The King's Speech
0: was good. I enjoyed The King's Speech. Um, the King's Speech is certainly Did something— Did Colin Firth win Best Actor that year? I'm not sure, but I know that this was— Basically, the. I don't have, I don't have any beef with The King's Speech, the problem is when you have something as good as social network. Yeah, in
1: 2010, Firth's portrayal of King George VI in the King's Speech won him the Academy Award. If you're award sitting for in your, actor.
0: if you're sitting in your room tonight, and after, well, now, after, now you're talking
1: about what's rewatchable, and now we're just going to plug another Ringer podcast to rewatch. No, we're not plugging it. <laughs> best movie ever made. Boom, you're up. Well, I don't have five snubs. I only have one snub. <laughs> In 2015, Plainly breaking the rules. In 2015, Interstellar was not. Not only did it not win Best Picture, it didn't even get nominated for Best Picture. <laughs> was it Interstellar? That's one of the
0: all-time greatest was snubs it, ever. Was not Interstellar like number four on your Best Nolan movies? No, it was what? number one. It was I'm number one. Yeah. What was what was the thing that was number four? People get got mad that I
1: left out Memento, but I thought I justified it. First of all, I gave it an honorable mention, and I also justified it by saying that it was a great movie. It you was deserving it of a top five, but
0: I don't know that I would watch it again. You're wrong, but it's a fair point. Okay. So that's usually, you only have one snub. Yeah. Okay. Again, okay. I just okay. Interstellar okay. in 2015. All right, we got
1: it. <laughs> we also have a very special segment today. Our favorite segment, I would say. It's what brought us together as yes. friends, and that is a mailbag segment.
0: Indeed. Um, I have a question for you about the trade deadline
1: is this part of the mailbag segment? No. Okay. This is my
0: question. <laughs> how do players deal with the constant their names constantly being brought up in rumors for the last like 3 weeks? Like how do you how do you block it out?
1: I would say overall not well. I would say players don't block it out very well cuz you you see it I think with some teammates you can see it 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 wears on them. You see it on their face a little bit. Yeah. Um and I know personally, you know, the one year where I was really sort of mentioned a ton in trade rumors was my last year, my seventh year in Orlando. I ended up I ended up getting traded to the Bucks, but I remember those two to three weeks leading up to the deadline just being really stressed out. I think um, the uncertainty, obviously, not knowing if you were gonna go, and then if you were gonna go, where you were gonna go, and I remember playing in. Dallas on the Wednesday before the trade deadline, and it was right after All-Star break, and the Magic Media asking me about it. And I remember saying to them something like, one way or another, I just want this to be over. I just want clarity. Yeah, clarity. And I think that's that's ultimately what it is. You just want clarity to know what you're going to be doing for the next
0: few were months. You, were you traded that year at the actual deadline, or was it a couple of days before?
1: It was at 2.59 p.m.
0: <laughs> and you, and you just got a call from your yeah, agent saying...
1: Yeah, well, my agent had called... Well, I was in Dallas, and my agent uh, had called me right before we left the hotel to go get on a plane to Memphis... And he said, "Hey, you're you're safe. You're good." And then when we got to the plane, it became apparent that there was something going on because they started holding guys back as we were trying to get off the bus. Yeah. And um and and as I was I, I was sitting in the back of the bus in the second to last seat on the right, like I always do. And and I was just waiting. And uh as kind of Ish Smith and Gustavo on, like as those guys were getting held back, all of a sudden my phone rang, and it was Arn and he's like, I, "I something's going down," and then. We kind of had to wait on the bus there to see if it was going to happen, and literally at like 2:59, uh, Rob Hennigan called me, the GM of the at the time of the of the Magic, and and told me that I had been traded.
0: Is your initial reaction? And I mean, in that case, but do you think just players in general, your initial reaction? Excitement, weird, not disappointment, but feel like you've been. Like the team that you've been on has cast you aside. Like, what do you think? And obviously it's different in different cases. Every, but. Yeah. Cause it wasn't like I was asking for a trade. Yeah. And I had had
1: conversations with Rob, uh, and with Alex Martins and with, you know, a couple of the coaches about sticking it out and just, you know, playing my whole career in Orlando, stuff like that. Yeah. And so, like, I, I definitely, they knew that I was open to staying. Um, and I was definitely, and that was the truth. And, but then the other part of it, like you said, like, you, you look for the positive in the situation, and so you're definitely excited about, you know, whatever it is that's on the other side of it.
0: Yeah, you know? the thing which is sort of a very inside uh, kind of baseball thing, which is interesting to me, is like, like logistically, like where do you live? You know, so I'll give you an example. I was with Evan Turner in Atlanta last week, and he had some idea that he wasn't going to be on the team in two weeks, whether it was through a trade or being bought out or whatever it is. But he was renting a place in in Buckhead, and he just knew—he basically knew he was going to have a new house in two weeks, and he didn't know where it was. And I think in his case, you know, he may not come in and play right away, but for some of these other guys, and who knows what's going to happen tonight and tomorrow morning, you know, you are traded—you're traded to a city, you're propped into a city, and you're playing. You know, you're going on the road, you're doing all these things, and it's not like you have—I mean, you may have the All-Star break, but it's not like you have— Two weeks to figure your life out. You have thirty six hours. It's like when you were going to Milwaukee. Did, did someone do all that for you, or did you mean, the team kind of assisted? So first of all,
1: Evan, I've heard it might get bought out, so he may never actually.
0: Exactly. So he's in this weird. He
1: may go to Minnesota. They may tell him to stay home. Yeah. Like he may end up in Boston. Who knows? Um, so the team kind of assisted with me, but basically, I went and I lived in the hotel that the teams all stayed in at the time, which was the Fister. Um, and the room, I, if I remember correctly, I feel like maybe this is just my memory of my time in Milwaukee, but I don't think the room had windows. Was <laughs> well,
0: the or the one that is they put, may made or like may this not be haunted? Room,
1: uh, no, that's the one in Oklahoma City. They put me in this random room like right off the lobby, and originally like Chelsea was not going to come. And then like after like a few days, I was like, hey, I really I need you up here. <coughs> The Fister is also
0: apparently haunted. <laughs> yes, there's two haunted hotels. There's one, in, the haunted. there's one in Milwaukee and there's one in Oklahoma City, but it's a beautiful place. I've been there before.
1: Yeah, it is. It is beautiful. But when Chelsea got there, she's like, she's, this is this is not this for is me. Not I we're not leaving two months. <laughs> You're here. not living in a hotel room no, no, no. for two months with no windows. So we actually we actually got lucky, but there was a there was a development right across the street from the old arena called the modern or the modern. I'm not really sure how you pronounce it. <laughs> Either way it works. It, there is an e at the end, so it's the modern with an e. So I don't know if it was like supposed to be French or I don't know. Anyways, uh, the team had a relationship with the developer, and so he arranged for us to get like a furnished apartment through like a furniture rental company, a two bedroom. And it was basically like, as soon as the season's over, you know, your lease is over. They hooked it up. So, I, yeah. So, we, 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 it worked out. It worked so, out.
0: So, this is our last episode. And we're going to cover some of this in the mailbag and with Zach. But this is our last episode before All-Star. If you had to, Pelicans aside, if you had to make sort of three takeaways, if you were to place three takeaways around the league, things that surprised you, what do you think? About I'm just the Just about the, the, the league All-Star. in general. Like players who've popped. Teams that have surprised. I mean, like, for example, Milwaukee is on an insane pace, and they were obviously very good last year, but. Yeah. And you just played them Um, last
1: night. One surprise is the Rockets going all in on small ball. That's surprising.
0: Do they have a center right now?
1: Well, they have uh, Hartenstein Hartenstein, um, and Tyson Chandler tyson yeah yeah but But pj might actually be playing i think i i I think isaiah played like three minutes the other night or last night against charlotte and it was the first time in like five games they had played someone over six six yeah so they're all in on this they trade away capella so that's that's a surprise in the west um i would say another like i don't want to call it a surprise because those guys are really good but like trey young and and donchick just the jump they've taken yeah how fast they
0: were able to do it in
1: year two they're they're both are superstars yeah it's it's impressive and then I would say and I've said this before but it's still surprising to me is like the Milwaukee Bucks first first place in the East last year Giannis is MVP and they come back this year and they're they're better and he's better he's more efficient that speaks volumes to the type of person player he is, and the and the type of culture that they have there. It's yeah, impressive. and they've
0: had and they've had some injuries. They haven't been, I mean, they haven't it hasn't been as bad as you guys, for example. But they've not been without their sort of challenges. They just yeah. keep winning.
1: We also give. I also should actually give a shout out, and I, I can't say I'm surprised at Oklahoma City's success CP. because they have good players. Like yeah. they have their their top, you know, five or six guys are really good, and they're clearly well coached, but. uh but shout out to c. p. man for, for making out. his tenth all star happy for him yeah um you know happy for for his his success and the team's
0: success. The guy's, this a, year. the guy's a winner no, he's he doesn't he winner. doesn't lose he wherever he goes he he yeah. just he keeps it rolling. Should we do some of these questions? Let's do some mailbag questions we got some we got some uh we got some good ones, people. I think we uh we may make this more recurring part of the show, depending on uh how crazy the the questions we get. Kevin, uh, Kevin on Twitter. I think we're going to start with, "What's the largest dinner tab you've ever had? A, you've ever been a part of in the league?" A, and then the follow up is: Is there a legendary tab you've heard about uh, from another player that you feel comfortable sharing? Mm,
1: mm. L- uh, largest dinner tab. So generally, when when like teams get together, there's like a corporate credit card. Like yeah, I feel like that doesn't card. count. I don't think the and team so, like, dinner the te- counts. Yeah, the teams are kind of paying for it, and also I would say. Not obviously we can't ask Kevin this to clarify, but is it the largest dinner tab that I've been a part of? I'm just i like to speak, with teammates. I'm
0: going to speak for Kevin. You have to have been there okay. and and you could have had teammates there, okay. but it's not a team dinner with like support staff oh, and the coaches gotcha. and everything. It right, has to be right. like I would say it has to be a at a max five other teammates. Okay.
1: We did some some bigger dinners with with wine, with the Clippers. I mean nothing crazy. I mean, I don't know
0: what crazy is. Well, did they? But, but did they, did they do the things like like? There's all these legendary stories of NFL guys, like Des Bryant, like when they get to the league, yeah, they make them pay 25 grand yeah, for all the offensive we'd, linemen. We'd pay. Like
1: that. We'd play a credit card roulette with the Clippers, which always seemed a little fucked up because you had like Blake. It's the worst DJ, game. It's the worst game. <laughs> on max deals, and then you had CJ Wilcox. You know, like second to last pick in the first round. Not that he's not making good money, but I'm just yeah. saying, like, there's a disparity there.
0: Well, it's not fun. To, it's not fun. Even if you're not TJ Wilcox, even if you're you, yeah. and that and it lands on you, it's a you're, It wasn't fun. It was not it fun. was gut wrenching. Yeah, it was gut wrenching. Have you heard? Uh, and are there other that? stories you've heard that don't involve you with any crazy? No, but there are, there's a, there's a lot of, I
1: would say there's the, the big L's are not necessarily dinner tabs. I feel like the big L's are boo-ray tabs. Those are where the big L's on come. the
0: plane or off? on the
1: some, sometimes, you know, the, the game doesn't end on the plane and the team is like, Hey, we got to, we have to get on the bus. Yeah. And so the game will sometimes spill over to the bus and, uh, and I, you know, I've, Witnessed guys lose, you know, 30, 40 grand in the span of 10, 15 minutes.
0: And without naming names, is that something where are they? One guy, are lost. They, do they look like a ghost when they're walking out? Like, is it like one ghost? guy lost money and he
1: had made some money in his career, but at the time he was on a, a minimum deal. And I remember he had to, he had lost so much that he had to wait for a few pay, pay cycles to come through. <laughs>
0: To write, to write checks he, to guys. Did he keep playing afterwards? Like, I, I, like, was he playing a month later?
1: Well, that's where it gets a little tricky. The Clippers had a – we had a pretty strict rule about paying your debt, where if you didn't pay your debt, like, you kind of weren't allowed back in the game.
0: But, no, so he, say he pays his debt. Yeah. Is he, has he basically been like, you know what? I just took this L in January, and it nope. took me three pay cycles to –
1: DJ was pretty much, if you're in the game, you're in the game. You're in, it, that's yeah, it. Yeah, you can't, you can't get out. <laughs> Which, there's only one way out. <laughs> there's
0: only one way out. And that's if you get traded or you don't resign in a, in with the bo- team. In a body bag. <laughs> yeah. Zach, uh, Zach on Twitter, follow up with the food question. What past NBA teammate did you eat the most meals with? Oh,
1: that's easy. That's easy. I would, I would say TJ McConnell for sure. Really? Yeah. Even though it was only two years? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and then if like you include team dinners, I would probably say like CP Blake and DJ were up there. Jameer was up there, but TJ for sure. TJ was like, a, unless it was like a special thing where like our wife was on the trip or like we had like a parent. Like generally, g- generally we went out to dinner together. Yeah, and now apparently him and Doug McDermott are doing the same. So you, you just I, we, ha- we have Did a group you, text now, and they send me pictures from every dinner you they just go got to. another white shooter. And every city they go to, hey, t- hey JJ, where's that? Where's that one place <laughs> we went? With the wallpaper that had the great duck.
0: <laughs> you can't tell him everything. you got to give him like half the places but not everything. He needs to figure it out oh, for himself. I just, I'm just, i like his concierge. But I think people would be – tell me if I'm totally off about this. I think people would be surprised. Obviously, a lot of the guys in the league are adults. And so they go, they go to a city and they have family there and they have yeah. friends there from other parts of their life and everything like that. It's not like teammates are eating together on the road all the time. Not all the time.
1: I mean, it happens and you get in your little like groups of two or three. I think it's, it's hard. It would always be hard to have a, like a team dinner where everybody comes for the simple fact that there's always going to be two or three guys that don't want to leave their room. There's always going to be two or three guys that need to get treatment. Yeah. Um, that are hurt or, you know, that are want to get to bed early or maybe have family. Like it's just, it's hard to do. So anytime you can get like, Three or four guys together consistently, it's it's pretty good. But yeah, I would say mostly you're you're either eating in small groups or you're 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 going to dinner with like friends and and family in, in those cities.
0: I think one of the unique things about you is you actually make a real effort to seek out the best restaurants in the city. Yeah. And maybe spend a little too much time thinking about it versus I'd say most of the league, it's Tao. There's about four restaurants right, that right. if you show up in that city and there's an away team in the in the city that night, you're going to see somebody from it.
1: Right. So the we're eating. Run you gym. and I are eating at Alinea tonight, and I, there's not a single person is there another on our player, team. Is there another that player? I said, I'm going to Alinea tonight. And they're like, what's that? No one knows what Alinea is. Do you is. think there's another team that you've had who's even been there? No. I oh, well. No, probably not. Probably not. I, but I do. I, it's sick, but the amount of time that I spend on eater and infatuation <laughs> and reading Bon Appetit restaurant lists—you got to do a fight in the infatuation. Time out. You got to fight in the infatuation. Instagram comments
0: <laughs> about what restaurant was it? Lartuzzi. Like three weeks ago, you were arguing with the review in the comments about a thing that had nothing I to do with I called them
1: out. I called Lartuzzi out on their – or I called Infatuation out on their Lartuzzi <laughs> review. They didn't give the spaghetti the love that this spaghetti deserves.
0: So you were just a – you were an Infatuation Instagram comment troll. You're that guy. It's
1: one of the. I don't read the comments on my own posts a lot, and I I don't really read a lot of basketball related comments, but when it comes to food, I do read the comments. You go hard. That's what it is. We got another
0: food one, Josh from Twitter. Do you miss anything about the Philly food scene?
1: Oh, great question. First of all, I miss Jay He and his staff at the Philadelphia practice facility because we had a top 10 Philadelphia restaurant in our practice facility. Um, like, what are some examples? What what do you want? I mean, like so if you, the best if, when you're going to lunch, the the best, what are they making? Oh, pad ties, noodle stir-fries, rice bowls. Um, on demand. Well, I'm not on demand. <laughs> like they're not, <laughs> not my servant. Uh no, like I would give them a heads up. Hey, what's available today? There's just there was somebody always in in the in the kitchen. We had like a restaurant grade quality kitchen. And they, it was fully staffed and and fully equipped, and you know they would do like Taco Tuesdays, and it'd be like it'd be like South Philly Barbacoa no, style taco. T- you know, it was just amazing.
0: Best tacos in America are in South Philadelphia.
1: Yeah, I, I haven't been. You've been the most insane. I wasn't willing to go like, at five a.m. on you a Wednesday. Like
0: barbacoa, if you like shredded beef, it is the probably the best taco I've ever had. Also, weird because the hours are what is it? It's open three days a week, five to five. a.m. to five, five, five a.m. To, five, yeah, five, five to close, which is even weirder. Yeah,
1: I miss Vernick, was a, a spot that I miss. Um, uh, Mulherin and Sons for sure. And then I send everybody to Double Knot, which is like a, a sushi robot, robotaki. What's the, what's the name of the grill? Well, who, who knows? You we'll, got your we'll computer. Look up. Up. We'll look it up. Yeah,
0: where'd you go when you played there earlier this year? is Yeah, that's like the first spot back.
1: Yeah. It, it's in Fishtown. Um, I, sent, I sent Mike Dunleavy recently to Double
0: Knot. I like this question from Ryan. We can ask Zach this too. Who are the top five bougiest players in the NBA?
1: Bougiest. Yeah. I'm unfamiliar with that term.
0: Let's Google it. Let's see what – I am not going to try to define it myself. I'm what is
1: to... bougie?
0: Bougie is hip-hop slang for something luxurious in lifestyle and humble in character. Bougie I've always felt is sort of like – Has anyone ever called you bougie? Snobbish. Is not snobbish? There's an element to me, there's an element of snobbishness to it. It is, I think that it's somebody who has a, has vain qualities, mm. dress as well. Flashy, I would be calling maybe, guys flashy, out. Flashy maybe, but I don't think necessarily that, you know, obviously you've gotten a lot of trouble on this show for talking about people uh, <laughs> Wait, caring about their Instagram uh, fits, free game Instagram Let fits. Let me clear that no, up for one, second, for
1: the one game. second. I
0: just want to say one thing about this. Because I got
1: some backlash, and I think what people don't understand is I wasn't, I wasn't critiquing the fits themselves. The fits are fire. Yep by all by all means. Yep. the fits are fire. I wasn't even critiquing the priority of like wanting to be known as like a fashion person to look good. Like, yeah. Oh, by all means, like That's have also, things you, you off. Care the court. about how you look. Oh, by all means, have have interests off the court. I, I do this podcast, <laughs> but I tell you what. <laughs> I'm not doing this podcast the day of a game. I'm also not posting this podcast 30 minutes before a game. <laughs> I'm not did arriving anybody, to the did arena. Anyone, did anyone give and then you, immediately did anybody posting posting give you
0: shit about this on my league? team? Yeah.
1: Uh, no one gave me shit. No, I mean most people that said something to me were other players that were like, "Hey, dude, you what me? you what, what you said was hilarious. Like it's so true." Basically.
0: There are a few people, not saying, who, who called me, and they weren't mad. They just were wondering whether it was about them. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and I was like, no. I don't think it's about anybody in particular. It just is a, it's just a broad statement.
1: I'm going to ask Zach about this when he comes on. I'll
0: see what he thinks. All right. From Miles on Twitter, biggest low-key shit talker a la Joe Engels. I don't know if Joe, oh, Joe low is low-key. Key. Joe's, Joe's a – Joe's a complete asshole. Let's be clear here. <laughs> Joe almost Joe. fought a fan the other night. Although the fan deserved it, I mean the fan was. Yeah, Joe's a Joe's a Joe's an Aussie dick. Like it's just. There's- so who's somebody? Who's somebody that people would not expect mm. to do it? Who does it a lot? You sit
1: courtside a lot of games. Yeah. Like who? Who are some guys that? I feel like guys don't trash talk the way they used to in the '90s, or even when I first came in the league. Like. The Pistons would just—they just humiliated me the first few times I played them. I also just Rasheed Wallace. I don't think the people are
0: surprising. Like like CP, yeah, talks a lot, but that's not a secret. I think the question is sort of more like somebody that you might think, like if you were a crazy shit talker, this would Mm -hmm. fit because we nobody thinks of you as being somebody that's necessarily like that. Right. And so, uh, or if... Or if uh, Derek Favors. Yes, yes. A, a person who's just a veteran. <laughs> Derek who's Favors around. is not the answer to that. Yeah, a veteran who's like been around for a long yeah. time. Like, is there a KG in the league right now? Is there somebody who you know when like, you're...
1: What? Yeah, Pat, Patrick Beverly, right? So Pat Patrick... Patrick Beverly. Yeah, he's, he's always running his... But I love Pat. So Pat and yeah. I have a great relationship. And like, we will jokingly... We have to have talk, Pat on the show. Yeah, Pat would be great on the show. We jokingly talk shit to each other. I have so much respect for him, but he's definitely like the. I would say he to me is like the modern KG. I can't answer this question, but is there? There's not like a guy that I'm. like Joe Ingles is the answer to that
0: question. I. But the I, difference. Not is, a lot of guys but, talk shit. But the anymore. difference between so that's. But this is interesting in its own right. Like the difference between Pat and somebody like KG is Pat has a chip on his shoulder, and that's part of what makes him so good is he's an undersized guard who was, who's who been sort of countered out his entire career. And part of the reason why he was able to make it is because of that fire. KG was one of the most talented players mm-hmm. ever. I mean, he's about to go in the yeah, Hall but don't you think
1: Fame. Don't you think the separator for KG was being that locked in and wired? I think so. There was a certain aura about that. It's the same thing. I, I think it so. It the same thing with, with Kobe. Like, there was a certain aura about the way he acted on the court that you – one Number one, you had to respect, but
0: also, like, if you're a young player, you, you fear a little bit. Yeah. Right? But don't you think it's interesting that that doesn't... You know, even somebody like Joakim was like that to a certain extent. Yeah, That sure. doesn't really exist. Does Ja, are there rookies, are there young guys that do it? No. <laughs> oh, God. I mean, what would you think? What would you think if they're... What would you think just hypothetically, and he's definitely not the person who would do this, but... If somebody like Trey Young, like a second year guy who's obviously like a sort of freakish talent, mm. came in and just started talking, yapping, yapping, yapping. I think Trey talks a little bit. I think Trey, like, he's got some, some yap. Don't you think? But he, but he backs it up. But it's also his size. Don't you think that's part of it? It's yeah. like when you're that size, you're already playing with house money. If you're scoring 28 points a game in the NBA, you, you sort of have to do it. It's, it's, it's hard to be the strong, silent type when you I,
1: I feel like certain guys. The way, whether it's your physical build or your talent or your skill set, whatever it is, for certain guys to be great, there has to be the extra. Yeah. And you ultimately end up respecting those guys. Like Marcus Smart is another guy that I have so much respect for. Uh, PJ Tucker, right? There, there's some. T- well, PJ Tucker doesn't talk a lot of shit, but there's something that there's something extra about what they do, and it what it's what makes them so good. What about Dudley? <laughs> i love jd but jd is like a shit talker but he's just like a he's just a shit talker there's not like really much else there you know who point. the guy who
0: everyone is obsessed with in the lakers is yeah. caruso yeah everybody loves that guy yeah he's like a weird called hero wasn't he never wasn't he fifth or sixth in all-star voting yeah that's i
1: mean the all-star voting thing is crazy it's crazy
0: uh this is an interesting question from tejeda on twitter for both of us do you remember the first time you failed at something Do you remember the first time you failed something? I was thinking about this. I need a second.
1: You go first. Oh, I'll go first. Okay. Uh, I do remember the very first time. Well, maybe not the very first time, but the first time that felt super meaningful, and that was when we lost LSU in the Sweet 16 my senior year at Duke, because that ended my Duke career, and it also ended and sort of finalized any hope of winning a national championship at Duke. And that was something that I had just dreamed about since I was seven or eight years old. And it was the first thing that was really a goal of mine, let's say, and, and something that I really set out to do that was super important to me that I did not accomplish. Because up until that point, it was like, be a McDonald's All-American, win a state championship, sign with Duke, break Duke's sc- scoring record, be an All-American. Like I, I got to do all those things, and it was like... It was important, but the most important thing was to win a national championship, and I didn't do that. So
0: when you had lost in sophomore year, junior year, you're always like, I have another chance to go do this. For sure. So that was and, like, reason.
1: truthfully, if I had won – let's say I had won my sophomore year when we went to the Final Four yeah, and I had had the junior year I'd had, like I probably would have left after my
0: junior year. And were you – Because
1: it was – that was sort of, like, the thing I wanted – like, it was like I wanted to win a did championship
0: Do Like, what makes this question interesting to me is, did you acknowledge that at the time – did you feel like a oh, failure yeah. afterwards or For was sure. it something that you looked it took at me like, years a year get, later? No, it
1: took me years to get over this.
0: Because that's what's interesting about this question, and I have to think about it, is I think that you will always have weird individual yeah. failures that you know at the time, you should have done this, you should have done that. But this is more of like an institutional failure. Like right. this is a thing you're never going to be able to do that. Right. And so there's no way, no matter what you accomplish later on, on the court, there's no way you're winning a national championship in college. Yeah, you can't, you can't get that one back. Uh, A bunch of people wrote about this. What do you think about this stuff with Iggy and Memphis? Friend of the podcast, Andre Iguodala. Friend of the pod, Andre
1: Iguodala. First of all, you know, I read Kevin Arnovitz's article today on ESPN. If you have the chance, you should read that article. Kevin always has great stuff. Uh, And it sounds, again, I'm not an insider on this, but it sounds like to me... Is that there was a very sort of clear understanding from both Andre and his team and the Grizzlies about what they were going to try to do. And, um, I don't think anyone expected the Grizzlies to be as successful as they have been, but they've been fantastic and they're, they're a really good basketball team and they have a, a chance to be in the playoffs this year. Um, so they certainly like, so now there's all this chatter now, right? That the Grizzlies could use Iguodala. And I don't know where this comment came from, from Dylan Brooks, yeah, um, who's having an unbelievable season. He's been, he's been great this year. So I don't know where, I don't know the context of it. I don't know what the question was. Well, and were, his
0: longer answer, Brooks's longer answer is a lot more nuanced than the sound bite that got sure. spread around. Okay. So that makes sense. I haven't given it
1: much thought. But I would say is like if he's been asked about it multiple times, maybe he's just kind of like, I just wish this we could just sort of move past this. I can't yeah. wait for this guy to be on a
0: different team and, you know, whatever. Well, I think part of what caused this thing to spread was it was not the individual comment as much as it was Ja and some of the other guys in the team basically taking this one line from that comment and amplifying it, which I think you could argue is them – you know, they they have a lot of pride in what they've done so far. I guess my question is— It is a weird
1: situation, and there's this is not without precedent. Like, this has happened before. And honestly, I think Jared Dudley brought this up, or Jared Dudley commented about this because I saw it on Hoops Hype. But, you know, there's been players in the past who've maybe— been in the same situation as Iguadala and they haven't got the benefit of the doubt and they've kind of got crushed for staying home and yeah. they're sort of a bad dude or a cancer or whatever and with Iguadala, he's gotten sort of a pass and Dudley's comment was basically it speaks to the character and the professionalism that you know Iggy's had over the course of his career and obviously that he's won these championships and been part of these cultures that he's a good dude and you know, we should just give him this pass, I guess. Yeah.
0: But don't you think it's a – and obviously you're not going to get into the mind of the management of Memphis. But at this point, it's a weird distraction on an otherwise great sort of surprising season. Like why don't you just cut this guy loose? You know, and I understand it's easier said than done to just be like, oh, trade him for less than he's worth. Yeah. But why do you even want this – he's clearly not playing. Right. So why do you even want this albatross going? It's not like you need him to win. Right. And you're not going to convince him at this point to go do this. And so,
1: to almost to so Dylan Brooks's
0: point, let him do it. Right. So Arnovitz had this
1: uh, point, and I don't know if this is coming directly from Memphis or if this is just Arnovitz's read on the situation. But it, I'm—I I'm don't quote me on this, but this is the, the the gist of it. Was basically that you know there's new management in Memphis. They don't want to be seen as the little brother of the NBA in a small market who's gonna buy this guy out for pennies on the dollar so that he can go join a western conference team like the clippers or like the like the lakers one of the teams they're competing against like that doesn't send the right message to their their players, their fans, their broadcast partners like yeah. everybody it's like we're we're trying to build something a culture here and we're not going to be seen as like the little brother anymore. So we're either going to get what we want for this guy or he's we're not, not. going to play the season. Play. Yeah.
0: yeah. It's very interesting. It also sort of popped up out of nowhere. I mean, it's been going on obviously since the All summer. Season, yeah. I mean, we, we, he came on the show, and I think the trade happened a couple of days later. So he's been there, and it's just strange that it hasn't been kind of fixed at this point. This is an interesting question from Tristan. What restaurant had the biggest chasm between anticipation and experience? Hmm. I feel like that could mean a lot of different things, <laughs> positive and negative.
1: As many listeners know because I talk about it all the time, but i I'm you know constantly searching out restaurants and when we go to sort of any city i I try to dine at the best and I've also followed along uh more casually than I used to uh obsessively follow along but the San Pellegrino top fifty list yeah. and in conjunction with restaurant magazine there's this top fifty list that gets released every year and there has been, I would say, numerous uh, differences in expectations as I go to one of these top 50 restaurants and what the result and what the sort of meal actually is and the reality of that. Um, I'll give you a couple of examples. Number, number one would be the Clove Club in London. Didn't love it. It was, I think, 25th that year. We, we, Chelsea and I ate there when, um, when the Sixers played the Celtics over there in, in January, my yep. first year. Uh, and then when I did my, my guys' trip to Tokyo a few summers ago, we went to like two or three top 50 places. And one of them was fantastic, Narasawa. And the other two were just, I would call them big disappointments. <laughs> Very high expectations. Did you leave hungry? Not necessarily because I'm very polite when people bring me food and I yeah. generally eat whatever you bring me, but I, there wasn't the enjoyment level that I've gotten at some of these other places. And so I sort of, after those experiences now, I don't pay as much attention to these to, to these rankings. I think I look more for like aggregate stuff. And I actually, this is what, I want to go back to this infatuation review of Lartuzzi <laughs> one more time, is because for so many years- the infatuation has been such a good resource for not only me but for so many people and i've I've basically concluded that the infatuation writers and I have the exact same palette and we enjoy the same things
0: so you've never disagreed with them before this review? very
1: rarely has it happened. But very, it's, it just never happened where they've been so wrong. You they've also just so went
0: there like two or three days before. I went before. the
1: day the review came out. Yeah. So I had read the review, and it did not stop me from going there.
0: Oh so, you, oh, so you hadn't gone yet when you read the review? No, the review came out. It was when we were in New York
1: for yeah. the Gladwell and... And uh, and, and awesome. yeah. 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 And, and I was like, I'm still going, yeah. and I'm still going to get the spaghetti. First of all, I think it's hilarious I hung it? up on Have you are had this. an experience...
0: With with this,
1: with, with with just this difference in sort of like I, expectation, oh, everybody's telling you this is so great, or Pete Wells comes out and says this is a four star restaurant. Well, I find
0: go. I find and, and it'll be interesting to see because I haven't been to Alenia yet tonight. with my first time going. I find that a lot of um, a lot of these restaurants you're talking about, the food is incredible, but you leave hungry. Mm. I think so. So, for example, Masa, which is a sushi place, in, yeah, I went to Feeney. Insanely yeah, good. Sean took me. Yeah. Insanely good. There's, I'm never going. I, I would never uh, dispute the quality of the fish, the quality of everything, the quality of the service. I went there on a work trip once. I wouldn't necessarily go there myself. I went there on a work trip once, and I'd say an hour after I left, I went to Bleecker Street Pizza <laughs> because I didn't have enough to eat. And so it's, I haven't had one. I haven't been to as many of these restaurants as you have. Mm-hmm. So I haven't had one where I've left there being like the quality of this was not up to snuff but I do think part of the deal when you go to these things is the is it's more than just the food it's everything the presentation is so important the experience is so important and you have to prepare yourself for the fact that you're not going to uh you're not going to a place where you're having four courses and you're going to be like I can't walk outside you know you are you're very much you're very much in it for whatever the chef is in the mood for that night and it may not be something that's your preference and so you kind of have to you kind of have to deal with it
1: when sean took me to masa sean knows masa, masa so yeah he, so he was there and so i had a completely different experience where we had this lovely bottle of white burgundy and he was drinking it with us while he made us our sushi yeah and then he's like as soon as he was done with, with that part of the, the meal, he was like, All right guys, I gotta go to my other restaurant now. Like he came in just to serve Sean and me, who didn't know who I was. But, Which is the coolest yeah. was the coolest thing. Which was like the coolest thing. And I I I think we maybe doubled up on some of the some of the rounds of fish, so yeah. we probably got more food, but how I, often I, how often do you use Yelp? Never.
0: Really? <laughs> never used Yelp. Not That once. is insane. Because I would say Yelp is Yelp is probably up there with, for me with most, if, I, if they did a breakdown on my yeah. phone of apps I actually go on the most, I think Yelp is either one or two. It's like so, Yelp, Instagram, Uber. This is somewhere. why I don't
1: trust Yelp. Again, Malcolm brought this up on our podcast. But when you're talking about things like Yelp, where people are giving reviews and rating, the most people that go on Yelp to give a review or rate something are only doing it because they had a bad experience.
0: See, I do not.
1: I you're fundamentally
0: phone. disagree with this when it comes to Yelp. And I'll give you a perfect. Have ex- you ever I'll give you a perfect example? Like, have you ever go to a hotel? I've never left a review. I've never. Okay. I've right. never. I, have, I don't even have an account. So I'm a I'm a complete Yelp lurker. I've never even come close to leaving. Me. Even bad experiences. Do you Have the Yelp
1: app? Yes. Okay. So and I, I don't even it, have. The but Yelp. I'll
0: give you a perfect example of, yeah. of the benefit of Yelp. I was in Iowa over the weekend. Uh, And I was bouncing all over. I was staying in Des Moines, which has a bunch of good restaurants. But I was in all these different small towns in Iowa, many of which there's just not, there's one restaurant in the whole town. There's just not a lot of food options. I didn't have a bad meal. I was there for three days. I didn't have a bad meal the entire time because of Yelp. Because I would get on, I would go to some some political event, and I would get on Yelp, and I would search lunch, and it would geotag me and it would say where I was. And it would point me out to a coffee shop in the middle of a strip mall six miles away that if you drove by it in a million years, you wouldn't even know they serve food. I mean, it's, there's nothing about it from the outside looking in that looks like it's very good. But on Yelp, it's four and a half stars and it says amazing breakfast sandwiches, amazing this, amazing that. If you If you use it, every once in a while, you're going to be led astray. But 98% of the time, you're going to end up with a positive result. I think that it's, I think that uh, where you get into trouble is when you have Yelp for other things. Like, for example, never go, not that either of us really would do this, but if you're going to a club, don't go on Yelp because every club has one and a half stars because it's people who couldn't get into the club and are pissed off right, because the bouncer bouncer's right. a dick or whatever it was. With restaurants, for the most part, especially when there's over two or 300 reviews, there just are a lot, like, we're not necessarily the majority. A lot of people love leaving comments. That's, like, their thing. Yeah. I feel like... I can't believe you've never used it. You're going to... You need to change
1: this. (laughs) Here's my... So, you know, when you Google a place and then there's, like, the Google reviews and, like, a lot of times the Yelp rating will come up and they'll have, like, three reviews just instantly that you could, like, glance over. So I have done that, but I've never, like, gone to Yelp or downloaded the app to, like, actually read reviews in full. But I feel like... The reason I don't trust these sort of places is because a lot, like I feel like places that are places are reviewers that don't give four and a half or five stars to a place. It's always the same thing. It's always the portions were too small. I left hungry, or everything was so expensive. And like a lot of times, I'm going somewhere and I know those things ahead of time. Like, yeah, g- granted, if I'm going to like. You know, a hole-in-the-wall taco place and the tacos are $22. Yes, I would like to know that in advance. Yeah. But if you're going to a like you know in advance, yes, it's it's wildly overpriced. And I actually asked Grant on the podcast about
0: this. The prices, yeah. yeah, the prices. And he yeah. he, he talked about this. But so South Philly Barbacoa is a good example of this. Before it was featured on Chef's Table or whatever Netflix show it was featured on, that is the definition of a Hole in the wall taco place in the middle of it's right where Geno's and all the yeah. all the cheesesteak places are very tourist, just sort of tourist central Philadelphia. If you or I walked by that and we just saw South Philly Barbacoa, I don't think there's any way we're stopping in there. And there's, there's just no chance. It's like you're having a, ta- a good taco place right there. There's no way that that's the that is going to be a place that we're going to look into. But if you go on Yelp, not only does it tell you how good it is, it tells you exactly what to get. There's photos. It's just, it's just, uh, it's just crowdsourcing at its best. Where did you go
1: in uh, New Orleans? Because I see David on Twitter asked your your
0: New Orleans bar rankings. Where did you go? I went to a bunch of places on Bourbon, which I don't remember the names. Which I was just blackout. <laughs> <laughs> and then I went to the bar at the hotel. Oh What's that place called? Bar Marilu. Bar Marilu. which is a, is a standout, yeah, um, one of the best bars I've ever been to. Yeah
1: um it's so packed now when i first got to new orleans that hotel la maison de la luz it's a it's i think it's owned and ran by the ace hotel chain or whatever they opened this bar in there, bar marilou and i would like go after games for food and there'd be like 12 people in there and now it doesn't matter what night it is you cannot get a
0: seat so you don't you don't have to be staying in the The hotel to go there no and is there any benefit to staying in the hotel? Like, do you get preference?
1: Well, you know that little, the little speakeasy
0: place off yeah. the
1: side? You have to walk through a bookcase to get to? Yeah. Like, to access the hotel? That's what I'm talking about. You
0: can sit there if you're a hotel guest. You, also, so you always have access to That's that. the place that I'm talking about. It's the speakeasy. Yeah. That's the place which is amazing. The other, the, rest, the other bar is good, too. So the red bar? The speakeasy is incredible. What are you talking? The bar Marilu? The one that you have to walk through the bookcase to get to. Yeah, that's the Bar Merlot. Yeah, that's, that's the Bar Marilou. Yeah, but yeah. I'm talking about that.
1: There's a there's an actual seating area before you walk through the bookcase. Oh, yeah. Only hotel guests. Yeah. There's no one there though. You wouldn't want to do that. You'd the want to be is, in the scene. The, the place is great. The Ace is good too. Did you go to Elijah Bar at the hotel Peter and Paul? No. It's standout. Beautiful. No, I'm courtyard. going there
0: in March when I come
1: back. There, Elijah the, and Bar. The place is on
0: Bourbon Street. Here's my rankings right now.
1: Off. Elijah Bar, Bar Merlot, Bacchanal Wine. Bars one. Bulini Tavern over on Magazine Street. Interesting. Only because they have the best hush puppies.
0: Interesting. Zach, what's up, buddy? What's up, man?
1: All right, we're, we're like halfway. No, we're not even halfway through. We're about 80% through with these Twitter questions, and we are uh, just joined right now by Chicago Bulls guard, Zach Levine. Zach, thank you for coming on the podcast. Of course, of, of course. course. Actually, we're going to warm you up with some of these Twitter questions. They were directed towards me, but now I'm going to direct them towards you. Got it. <laughs> um, I won't ask you about New Orleans bar rankings <laughs> for sure. <laughs> Who was this is from Brad on Twitter. Who was the best high school player you ever played against? The best high school player I ever played against. Um
2: so I'm from Seattle, so the time I played high school it was probably Tony Roden. He played in the NBA for a couple of years. He's overseas right now, but I was a sophomore. He was a senior, he was top twenty-five. And he was he was uh he was he was pretty he was pretty damn good. You know, they they beat us pretty bad, but that was my boy.
0: How how crazy was the basketball scene when you were there? Because Seattle basketball is insane.
2: It was, it was really good. We had a lot of pros, actually, um, especially my, my, my years. I was in high school, 2011, 12, and 13. I didn't play uh, my freshman year just because of, like, the grade-wise. I only went three years in high school. So um, it was big. I played against, like, DeJounte Murray and guys like that. Um Cason Williams actually a football player. He played for the Seahawks as a basketball player. Um, <laughs> so there was a lot of there was a lot of lot of different uh you know basketball players that came out of Seattle.
1: Have you ever heard of a guy named Dewan Wagner? Yeah, he okay. scored like hundred something. His, yeah. his, his kids in high DeJuan? school right yeah, now. Yeah, legend, dude. I played against him in in high school. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, he was a year or maybe two years older than me. It was my first AAU tournament with Bill Williams. Yeah. And I saw this dude play, and I was like, oh, my God. That's like a more athletic Allen Iverson. <laughs> well, like he, I was he was unbelievable. He was like 6'3", but he was uh, he was built. Like, he was jacked.
0: Yeah, um, like super athletic,
1: hydrant. could shoot, incredible handle. Like, he was... By far the best guy I've played against. Seattle's
0: like Jersey's like this too. There's like these weird pockets that just always there's Have always talent. amazing players. Yeah. Like Jamal's from there. Like does he still do that tournament?
2: Jamal, Jamal, Nate Robinson, Terrence Williams, Tony Roden, DeJounte Murray. There's so many guys. I'm I'm a Aaron, Aaron Brooks. Brooks. Aaron Brooks. Brandon Roy. Brandon yeah, Roy. Brandon. Like yeah. there's so many dudes that just yeah. Like that pocket of Seattle, and they're, Avery they're, Bradley. they're still Avery Bradley from Tacoma. So, see, like oh, Isaiah, okay. see, Sorry. like Isaiah, Isaiah, sister Isaiah, sister. Isaiah, <laughs> and, Isaiah, and Isaiah, Avery Bradley, and, and dudes from out there. They don't, they don't, they don't claim Seattle. But
1: I'm even outside of Seattle. I, I, I grew up in Renton. So, Jose from Twitter asked if you could add a new event to All Star Weekend. What would it be? Oddly enough, I was thinking about this yesterday. Did you see the video of Kevin Durant running across the gym by any chance? No, so they got a video of him, and he's running with a football in a dead sprint across HSS Center, you know, yeah. the practice facility for Brooklyn. Okay. And then he turns around and he throws a football, and it's it's not good. It's, okay. It looks like Tom Brady throwing a football twenty three years from now. Like it's not oh. good. <laughs> sixty three <laughs> so year old, sixty three year old Tom he does Brady does not have laser like <laughs> pre- precision. Uh, but i was thinking about this cuz i remember with dwight like i used to think like this guy is like the greatest athlete i've ever seen but then i would see him do other sports and there was just nothing there and i think all star weekend they should figure out a way to do some sort of decathlon non basketball and get like three or four incredible athletes and like, see the they, most i see what they look like and see what they look like wow oh. like a uh, football accuracy yep. run some routes Maybe some volleyball. Try to hit like an 80-mile-an-hour fastball. See, like I was better at
2: baseball than basketball growing up. So really? I, played, I played baseball all the way through high school. So I, was, I, still, I still go hit and everything like that. But I wouldn't. Do you think you could pull an MJ? No, no, no. I'm not going to do that, especially not with me playing in Chicago. That wouldn't go over well. It would be a good event. I'll do a one-on-one tournament for sure. Oh, that's good. One-on-one tournament. But I don't know how many guys will really get into it. Because it
1: could get – you don't want – yeah.
0: Well, this is – I was going to ask you this. So you're in three-point this year. Yeah. Obviously, two-time dunk I need, contest I need to, champ. I need to get some tips, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> but so if you win – I was reading about this before.
1: Don't you, shoot long twos. If yeah. you win – <laughs> you I did that.
0: If you win three-point, you'll be the first guy who's ever won both. Yeah. And you, obviously, you're – we were saying before, best – dunk contest performer ever. Yeah. I think it's not it's pretty It's a pretty fair <laughs> I got, I got pretty, like
2: 8 not or 8 or 9. 50s. Yeah. It's a pretty it's a pretty <laughs> safe, it's, yeah. pretty it's, safe it's pretty safe it's pretty safe
0: assumption. Yeah. Why do you think certain guys don't do it? Don't dunk. Cuz it's it's a difference between being a
2: game dunker and a like a like a dunk contest type dunker. Like you have to practice that stuff like when you're in the games <laughs> You can go up and do a fast break, you can do a windmill, you can go up and dunk on somebody, but it's the creative ability is more in air in the game. With the contest, you know, there's a million people watching. there's the stands, obviously. It's a a solo, it's a solo thing. You have to really practice it. Um, So like when I did the dunk contest, I made sure like two weeks before I did a routine. I made sure I could make my dunks on the first try. If I didn't, it would be the second try for sure. So it was a, uh, it was just like repetition. So I don't know if a lot of guys really want to get into that because they don't have the, they can switch over to that, uh, yeah. you know, the dunk contest type dunking. It might just be different.
1: I, I didn't realize that the the first year you won it was your rookie year, mm-hmm. and then yeah. your second year you did. My it. second year. Yeah. When you were, did you feel like you were in any danger of being labeled just like a? Dunker, like a one trick pony kind yeah, of thing early in your career. Did would, that bother
2: you? It would, it, bo- it bothered me because I worked so hard off the court to like continue to grow my game. And even like coming out of high school, I wasn't known for dunking because I was I, in high school, I averaged like 28, 29 points a game. I went to UCLA. And then that's when it became more because, you know, you, you start getting those highlights. You're at UCLA, so you're put out there. And then obviously, you know, I was with the Timberwolves my rookie year wasn't a big time team we're on ESPN so the one time you get to see Zach Levine is in a dunk contest so for casual fans they know you as a dunker and you know they don't get to see all the other hard work you get put into but I feel like it's it's for the fans that we do it for as well you know it's something I wanted to do um, but I definitely wanted to get away from that because it's not you know you don't go out and get 25 points a game on straight dunks you know what I mean like Dominique and like even like Vince still like are pigeonholed to that because like know. they're known for that but they're Hall of Famers. It's right. like, yeah,
0: were you nervous like when you decided to do it the second time after mm-hmm. that first performance? You were nineteen. The first I month? was nineteen. The first, 20 which is second, crazy. Yeah. yeah. So like, yeah. <laughs> did you? Were you close to not doing it, or were you always like, I just want to come back and repeat it?
2: I wanted to. I wanted to come back and do it the second time because I had more dunks after what me and Aaron did, like that little overtime session. I ran out of pretty much everything. Like everybody, <laughs> I I could have like if I, I I told the media this year like. Excuse me. If I would have made the All Star team, I would have felt like I should have just, you know, I want to do all the competition in Chicago. Yeah. But it would have been tough to figure out what to do, man, because it's like everything's been done.
1: How, 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 I know you've spoken about this a little bit on a scale of uh, one to ten, one being uh, what's the All Star game to 10, uh, put me through my ACL rehab again. What, what level (laughs) of, (laughs) what level of disappointment? Was was not making the All Star game this year. Um,
2: I really, I, I was, I was disappointed. Ah, well I go on the scale first. Like that's, that seems funny. Um, <laughs> one, one is what's the All Star game, and ten is <laughs> meaning
1: it's not on your radar. Like you don't, it didn't I don't matter care to you at all. It
2: was probably, it was probably like a, probably like a three or four. Okay, because I understand how like the politics of <laughs> yeah. it go. Like I know for me personally, I know there hasn't been twelve players in the East that's had a better year than me. But I also know that we're not on a winning team right now, and I'm trying to do everything I can to help us get there. So it's just the way it is. I don't think it's going to define me on who I am this year or me going forward. But, you know, it just gives you, you know, you can use this fuel. You can put put a little extra chip on your shoulder. But, it's,
1: you know, I think I still have gone out there and put a good season together. I always am amazed at how many people say, like, <clears throat> he should have been an all-star. Like my teammate, or this guy should have yeah. been an all star. I should have been an all star. He got snubbed. And no one is ever willing to say this guy shouldn't be an all star. <laughs>
2: yeah. Right?
1: <laughs> like, yeah. Like there's only 12 yeah. spots. Yeah. So, like, if you're saying I should have been an all star, you're saying someone should not be. So, like, name a guy. Yeah. Why not? Why not? Because it's
2: because they want to say that, you know, it's you can both be deserving and not be bo- an all star. I, like I feel like there's it's okay. More, I feel like there's more than just. In the East, I feel like there's more than just 12 All-Stars. But it's just on how you view All-Star, you know. So that's, that's how I see it.
1: You've obviously – you obviously realize this, uh, you know, especially with this year with the season that you're having individually, but how much this is tied to winning. Yeah. And you haven't been in the playoffs yet. Yeah. You, I don't think you, –
2: you haven't been on a winning team yet. Not once. Yeah, that's the, that's the one thing that's been hard yeah. for me. I came from, you know, Minnesota where, you know, we, we – they. They traded Kevin Love that year when I got drafted. Um, they brought in me and Andrew. And then we got the next number one pick in Carl. So it was, you know, the three young guys. We were growing up through the NBA. I get my, I get my injury. I get traded Chicago and I get put right back into the rebuilding (laughs) mode again. So, and I'm older at this time and I'm getting, you know, this is my sixth year. I'm going into my seventh and I haven't, you know, I played in a lot of, a lot of NBA games. I played in some big games, but I haven't played for any meaningful games yet. So it's, it's been tough, and, you know, you just want to experience it.
0: You know, comparing your experience in Minnesota to now, now I would say obviously you're the leader of this Bulls team. Yeah. And there's a lot of young guys on this team who are sort of going through what you were going through in Minnesota mm-hmm. a little bit. Have you found it to be hard to basically become that leader sort of overnight in a way where it's like with you, you got to play with a lot of vets when you were coming up? And so he got to he got to learn from other guys yeah. who were sort of showing him the ropes in a lot of different ways. You were kind of thrown into the fire. It's like, all right, now this is your team. Go.
2: It's 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 a weird dynamic because I'm still one of the younger guys on the team, and there's a lot of older guys. But by experience, I'm yeah. one of the veteran players. I mean, I grew up in the NBA with with vet guys. Like my first year, we had Mo Williams, Kevin Martin, you know, Tayshaun Prince. Kevin Garnett was a big one for me, but I wasn't. Like trying to learn from them to be a leader. I was just trying to get better every year. You know, I was playing my role. I was, you know, third, fourth option. I just started starting. So it's, it, I feel like it's a learning process. And, you know, last couple of years has been, you know, figuring out what's the right way and to do it and what's not. You obviously don't be human to have good days and bad days, but, you know, I feel like it's been good for me, especially because, you know, that's what you work for, at least that I have, and that's what you want to, you want to get to. Do you guys still have the the leadership committee? Now that I do not know. <laughs> so, there's, a, there's a lot of things we have that you know. where I say I just work
0: here. <laughs> what was it? What was the KG experience like? We were talking about that earlier. It's crazy we were just talking about that the other day. I know because
1: I, I, I just I literally as he's talking about this I just thought of this we and I'm like wasn't there a leadership committee?
2: There was about five guys on that committee. How long did
1: that last? The rest of the season last year, yeah,
2: through last year, okay, right.
1: yeah, through last year, well, and then, then it was worthwhile. It was cool. Sometimes they like, even like this year, like we were joking the other day, we had a um, we had a players only meeting, and like they're they're bullshit for the yeah. most part, and like we even said that at the beginning of the meeting, like this is bullshit, but like let's we need to talk it, about but some let's things. Do it. <laughs> so like <laughs> we like we like took some things out of the meeting, and then it's like, how long does that really last? Yeah, you know, it's hard. It's hard to, like, implement those things and, like, actually have accountability sometimes.
2: Well, we're not a government. You know what I mean? Like, it's not like – at <laughs> the end of the day, we're basketball players. We have regular emotions. It's not like we're going to be, you know, segregated. Who's jurisdiction? Is yeah, this? like, you know, who's the treasury of the team? God damn it, where's the money? <laughs> <laughs> the K, the K, you said the KG. KG was great, man. Um, the biggest thing I, I, I took from him was, I remember, because I used to go to gym late and shoot, and he just got traded from Brooklyn. And I remember going to the gym at, like, 8 o'clock one time. It's snowing outside of Minnesota. You've been to Minnesota. It's snowing, and, you know, I park my car. I go to, go to the facility. And I see Kevin Garnett. Or well, First off, I saw, like, a Phantom down in the parking lot. <laughs> I'm like, who's this? This is crazy. I'm 19. I ain't seen one of these before. But uh, curtains in the back and everything, I remember it. But uh, I see KG doing sprints. I haven't met him. You know, and he's just he's working his ass off, and I'm like, damn, this dude's 40 years old, and I know he's not going to play a lot, but just how he how he attacked every day, you know he 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 was still KG in his mind. He knew his body wasn't there, but he 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 was the hardest worker, and he was the best leader I've you know seen as a teammate. You know, in the locker room, he could talk from the bench when he sat out. He would, you could hear his like coverages. You know, he's yelling ice from the bench and left and right. It, It was it was crazy.
1: I've told this story on a podcast before, but I don't know if I've told it on mine. So I, a few years ago, he was a consultant for the Clippers. This was his, like, first year of yeah, retirement. Yeah, I that, yeah. Yeah, and um, we were on the road. It was either Utah or Charlotte. I can't remember what hotel gym it was, but I went in after shoot-around one day to to do my like I do, like, four, four or five exercises after shoot-around. Okay. So I do it right before my nap, and I'm doing my exercises. He's in there lifting. He's sweating his ass off or whatever. And he starts telling me about his, like, training regimen and, like, how I should start – Doing some of these things, and I'm like, all right. So he's talking about how he runs on the beach in Malibu, but while he's running, he sings. And he said, "You know who told me that? Beyonce told me that. Beyonce, that's how she trains for a concert: is she runs, does cardio, and sings at the same time." I like, think about it, in a game. If you, to you talk, want to talk oh, on tired. defense, right, and you're moving, that's how you, I'm like, okay, that's good. I like that. I might use that. And then he said that he, when he played, I don't know if he played with Rodman or he saw Rodman, but I guess Rodman, after games, would get on the treadmill and sprint for thirty minutes after he just played like after a, a game after getting twenty eight rebounds. Yeah. Or whatever. <laughs> he'd go sprint for thirty minutes after a game. I'm like, this people are crazy. Well, Rodman probably had some enhancements to do that <laughs> he's like, probably yes. still a little wired for that, even after the game <laughs> but no K, we were talking earlier just about guys who have that edge and like you know we, we brought up like Patrick Beverly and Marcus Smart who were great players and yeah. talented in their own right and all that but like KG was like on another level of talent yeah. and still had that crazy
2: edge he was you talk I don't know how much cussing it but if you talk about talking shit he was the best and I mean it was he brought it every day yeah you know, it was, it was something. It was something, that, especially for a 19 year old. It was me, Carl, and and Andrew, and we we're all in our teens or 20s to see, you know, future Hall of Famer, first battle Hall of Famer guy at 40. You know, outworking us. It made us like really question, like, okay, we have to start kicking it into high gear if we want to do what you know, obviously get to that mountaintop?
0: Yeah, we were talking about this. We were talking about this earlier. Do you think there are guys in the league now? Obviously, there's no KG in the league now, but are there no. guys who are sort of like? Low key shit talkers Like the fans Wouldn't know Do it Like we had Joe Ingles On in the show oh. We had Joe, we Joe Ingles On the show Last episode And Joe is not That low key But Joe Ingles Just talks a lot Oh
2: yeah He talks throughout The game Yeah A lot of dudes Don't talk As much shit anymore Like it's not Like that Unless you Have, have like a You know An altercation In the paint And you You know You hit somebody And you know That dude Will have a Mono a mono But Chris Chris Dunn Will talk shit But he's not He's not like Searching it out He's you know If, if he gets into An altercation Or something yeah. like that
0: what about jimmy jimmy talks jimmy shit. talks a little bit yeah, every though. once in a while jimmy will get into see something. no
1: one on my team talks period <laughs> yeah y'all yeah you got
2: really, like, <laughs> <are>
1: quiet. <laughs> the quietest team ever i had a friend who works for jordan and he was like as part of their corporate package with the pelicans got to come on the plane from houston back to new orleans and i was telling him like he's like well what do, what happens on the plane i'm like you don't understand like the players get on the plane. The lights go out, and people either nap or watch their iPads. There's not a word spoken on the plane. Do <laughs> you guys all play cards or nothing? It's the only team I've ever been on. No card game. Really? Yeah. No one's on the table. No one's on the table. Well, people sit at the table. They sleep. They all sleep. Wow. They all sleep. Do you play Boo-Ray? Yeah, Boo-Ray, poker. Who yeah. plays on the team?
2: Me, Thad. Um, okay. okay. And then we taught some of the young guys like Wendell and Shaq, Shaquille Harrison. Now, if, if we really want to bully somebody, we'll try to like get Chandler Hutchinson to play, but he's he, he lost some money, so he's not playing
1: with us no more. <laughs> what, what's your buy-in? We play. Uh, what's your Annie, I should say? We play, we play $100 hands. $100 hands. Yeah. Okay. So you 50, get four – 50 or 100 yeah, yeah. So you get four or five guys in, you're talking four or five, four 400 to 500 a pot. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's solid. Yeah. Now I've, I've been I've on some played. teams that have $20 Annie's. That's it's, and it's it's, just different. You're taking five. Right, every time. Every time. You're I mean. staying in the game every yeah. time. And then I've, I've, like with the Clippers, we would either play, like on long flights, we would play 100 bucks or 200 bucks for the whole flight. And then when they said 20 minutes, they'd do 500. And then as soon as we'd land, they'd say do a 1,000. So reckless. if there was four or five dudes in the <laughs> oh, pot, that's wreck- who was playing? And somebody got booed. You're talking, it's eight, 10 grand oh, right off the bat. That's <laughs> Who was oh playing? Who was in the besides DeAndre? <laughs> it was Blake, CP, DeAndre, me. And then, you know, when JD, Jared was on the team, he played. And then um, the guy that I named earlier, I, well, that guy I said earlier that lost a lot of money and was writing checks, I'm not going to name him, but he played. <laughs> it's bad. Yeah. Actually, now that I think of it, there were two guys that played for the Clippers that had to do that. We were talking
0: about, we were talking about this, and then we were yeah. talking about crazy dinner tabs. And, like, when you have, like, if you're you like go to dinner, dinner as a rookie and you're with some max guys yeah. and you're playing credit card roulette and you lose and you're like, what the fuck? I never, I never had that because one, I, my rookie year,
2: we halfway through the season we traded all the vet guys. <laughs> so, like that was one of the vet guys, Mo Williams, Kevin, Kevin, uh, uh, Kevin Martin, and they they were gone by halfway through the season. So I never really had that until you know I started becoming one of the older dudes, and now I'm just you know. It is rookie. crazy
0: because your guys, your guys' experiences have been so different. Like he's been to the playoffs every year, yeah, and you played on all these teams with these basically until Philly. And yeah. now you basically run vet teams. Because what was your first year?
1: My first year in the league. Yeah. Oh six, oh seven. God damn. Yeah. This is fourteen, man. Do you pick up the tab now if you go to dinner with with guys? Yeah. Yeah. You pretty you much just have to
2: automatically. Yeah. Yeah. Unless like you know I can talk some you know <laughs> like I have like that or somebody or Op or like, Otto Poor can come with me. You know he gets yeah, a little yeah. bit more money than me, so I can you know, like hey Op you
1: got this. not Otto is on a max. So yeah. That's right. Yeah. That's right. That's right. Do you feel uh like playing in Chicago is is probably a pretty unique experience given it's just one of the sort of all-time great sports towns. Yeah. Uh do you feel any added pressure playing here, playing for the Bulls, sort of carrying on that legacy? Do you think about that ever? Oh, I mean, I I understand
2: where it comes from because we're we're in a place now where we haven't won in a while or last 3-4 years, so the pressure from the from the From the fans, is like they want the glory days of the 90s. And it's just like you're never going to get MJ again. You know what I mean? That's not going to happen. Now, we can be a good basketball team. We can try to make the playoffs and stuff, and we're trying to build to that. But I wouldn't say there's a lot of pressure, but we understand, you know, where that – like where the eyes are coming from, you know, when we play. Because, you know, it can be a little frustrating when you're, you know, a top market, you know, in the NBA and a top franchise and you haven't won. What about with
1: the media? Cuz I like my experience the the playing in Philly the last yeah. 2 years was incredible. Yeah. But there was like a little bit of give and take because there was there's a lot of noise there's I would say constant noise yeah. from fans and media and it was unlike anything I'd ever experienced. Cuz really? I I'd, I'd played in Orlando and LA which yeah. they're not really fervent sports towns. Yeah. I wouldn't call them that. Yeah. Um where, you know, Chicago, Philly are. Yeah. So like Dealing with that on a daily, where you have to talk to them on a daily Pretty basis is probably day, a different yeah. experience.
2: What the biggest shock with me was coming from Minnesota to Chicago and just seeing how different the media was and like the pressure that they can give, you know, to the coaches, to the front office, to the players. You know, it, it, it's real. Cause like you said, it's every day and you have to, you have to pick and choose your battles, you know, or, you know, on how to talk. And, you know, I, I'm, I've always been really good at the media cause I just, I speak my mind but I don't go outside of that but it's 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 a it's a definitely an added you know it's heightened for sure from where I came from in Minnesota but I've gotten used to it now I can't I can't imagine what it's going to be like when we do start winning and when it gets to you know not just you know Chicago and we're 19 and 30 and you know we we're, we're you know right you're in the Eastern you're conference, conference semifinal. you know yeah, that's going to be that's final, don't yeah, be crazy yeah, yeah. cuz like you're, Philly, you're Philly, from Chicago from right
0: my family's all from here. Yeah, It's a great city. Yeah. I it's like a, it. It's a, uh, it's really like a one-on-one place. And so you, so you're in, you're in Lakeview now. Yeah. Uh, and the, and the facility's downtown. Mm. The facility, when did it move? It used to be in the suburbs. So I remember that it was actually funny. So my first combine tryout or NBA oh. tryout
2: was here. So oh, I, was, they do I had the, the here. combine here and I stayed an extra day and I played, I worked out for the Bulls and it was out in, um.
1: The, the, the Birdo the Center. Birdo Center,
2: bird yeah. yeah, out in the suburbs. And then it moved so when I came here it was gone, so probably like two years, three years ago. Do you,
0: are you here are you here for Cubs games or you get out of town? I've gone I've
2: gone to a couple of them. I've gone to Have a couple of them. First I threw up. out the first pitch. Oh. So. <sighs> Yeah, you've was, done it right it was cool not yeah. the first
0: pitch but the, the games no I've done, done i no, I've, I've done a Cubs game I, I mean, haven't thrown out know. the
1: first pitch Some, uh, the, I have no connection to the Cubs the, the Cubs, <laughs> the Cubs is, and here's J.J. Reddy who plays for pass, New Orleans hard Pelicans he <laughs> <laughs> yeah. just really
0: wanted to throw out a first pitch no, no, yeah, I threw out the first
1: pitch at an Angels game and Mike Trout caught for me and I nearly broke his shin See, I told him I was like, I was like, Mike, I'm gonna be honest with you. I used to pitch, I was like, I'm not gonna th- bob it favorite. over. That's,
2: that's dope. That's my favorite team, favorite player.
1: I'm an angel. Mike Trout fan. is the
2: greatest. Oh my gosh, I stand for yeah. him so hard. He's that's... the
1: greatest baseball player ever. Wait, why? Oh, you think he's ever. No, nah, I'm
2: not going that angel- far, but <laughs> why <laughs> angels and not Dodgers? I don't know. My dad's always been an angels fan. I'm, I'm a, I'm a weird, like, I'm I think the best baseball player ever is Barry Bonds. Get into that later. Y'all I mean, you too. can make that. That's a good, I, I mean, I can make the argument, yeah, but. Since the Angels beat them in the uh, World Series in 01, I think it was. I was like six. Holy. Yeah. I was watching that, but I was Ben Angels saying. Did you go to a lot of games? Yeah. I went to a couple. I've gone to a couple. Baseball oh. in LA is super weird. Yeah. The, I mean, I haven't what been to the that The Dodgers' game. was crazy, though. Like, <laughs> their lineup is stupid. Their Dodgers rule well, now. <laughs> now their lineup is stupid.
0: The Red Sox fans are going nuts about this thing. I, I, I didn't even know where it came from because like, it's, a, they it's they're Betts? basically they're used to they're, they're used to being that team that gets mookie Betts. yeah and all of a sudden he's there and then he's gone yeah. the cubs are going through that a little bit too because they couldn't add any money this year so they might trade uh they might trade chris bryant and these, basically like the besides the yankees and the dodgers everybody else has like the reality of like a salary cap yeah. like you can't just pay for whoever whenever yeah. you want. The cup, yeah, the cup, the Wrigley bleachers. There's nothing like it. No, it's dope. Yeah, they, it's, it's also just like you don't have to. It doesn't matter what's going on during the game. Like, yeah, it's, it's like a, you're on your own little world. Yeah, so it's dope though. That's the If you're into that, that sort of thing,
1: <laughs> <laughs> what are you? Are you? Are you changing your number?
2: No, no. Yeah, I, I told. Uh, yeah, I told him. I was like, I. You can honor him, You can honor him by wearing it or not wearing it. Yeah, I would rather. I, he's one of the reasons why I picked the number to wear it, so I might as well continue to wear it. For, yeah, you know, for that as well.
1: And how how has the last week or so been for you? It's weird because we, you know, whether you knew him a lot it's, or uh, you just, that his, his, was a dude I grew up idolizing. Yeah, you know, and I played against him a couple of times. It was
2: just, it's almost like you don't believe it. That's that's where I got to. I was just like, because I remember when it, when my dad called me, you know, I was just like, like man, stop bullshitting. Like, what are you talking about? And then you start hearing all the reports, and it was just—it was a weird day. And then, obviously, you know, the NBA did a good job of, you know, honoring him and things like that. But it's just – I think it's the worst sports tragedy that's happened probably ever, especially with the magnitude of how big a person he was.
0: Yeah, and the surprise of it.
2: It was just
0: – it's crazy. <laughs> it's, it's crazy. It's amazing in right. L.A. I mean, how – obviously the devastation, but how fast, like, murals popped up. Yeah. It was, like, six hours later – These beautiful murals that you think would take months to paint. Kobe
1: in L.A. was like God. Like, it was... Yeah. It really was. It was for sure one of the saddest days. I talked about it on last week's podcast, but, you know, it was like... It it was... I've never lost someone close. And the only two people that have died where I really... Cried a lot was Kobe and Muhammad Ali. And I didn't even know Muhammad Ali, yeah. but I just, you know, but it was Kobe was. You knew Kobe. Yeah, yeah of course. I mean, and like, I was talking on the podcast last week, but like, Kobe was always, he was always good to me. Yeah. He didn't have to be good to me. Yeah. I was like, early in my career, I was a fucking nobody and he was good to me. Yeah. And I told the story about a shooting together. And like, the part I left out was like, Kobe was, I, it would have been. I was like coming off my rookie year. I didn't even play. And, Like yep. we were at USA camp and we we're shooting hoops together. I got a and, funny story about that too. Yeah, and he, I'm like, I think I'm watching him shoot. No, no, no. He asked to shoot with me because he wanted to watch me shoot because he was trying to get better because he thought I was a good shooter. And he was asking me His questions mind was about. So yeah. He's just always
2: asking questions and curious. So I was actually, uh you talk about the USA in Vegas, right? Yeah. So I'm in. I'm in. Eighth grade, seventh grade, and I literally was on the sideline where you guys were at, the Thompson Max. And I never told anybody this. My dad knows. So I'm watching Kobe warm up, and I'm yelling, Kobe, Kobe, Kobe. You know, little kid. I'm a fan. Wouldn't look at me. He's locked in. He's knocking all these shots down. And I see you go to half court. Or no, you were shooting free throws from the, uh, from the three-point line. He made like 15 in a row, and I was amazed. It's just I just remember this, too. I was like, holy shit. Like, J.J. Red is shooting NBA Threes, but shooting free throws. So I started adding it to my routine a little bit. So I started shooting free throws from the high school line to try to get my range better.
1: I like that. Yeah. I was going to bring this up earlier. I don't want to get off Kobe. I, I was going to bring this up earlier about the three-point contest. Yeah. What is your strategy? Are you – because I've seen you shooting warm-ups, mm-hmm. and you shoot more of a set shot. Yeah. But then in a game, as you're, you're coming off pick and rolls and catch a shoot, you shoot a jumper. Yeah. Right? You have, your leg strength is insane. Yeah. What are you gonna do in the three point contest? I'm gonna
2: do more of. A, I'm gonna probably do more like a like a pregame set shot. Like it's because I have to. I, I has yeah. to be quicker. That's what I was gonna tell you. Yeah. That's my.
1: Pro- I can't shoot that way. And you you should jump
2: shot every time. Regardless. Yeah, and I jump
1: forward. Yeah. So then I have to like have to run reset. back yeah.
2: almost. I have a pretty easy because I can just flick it. Yeah. I got a pretty easy shot, so I've never shot it off the racks. We just ordered the racks actually, so I'm gonna. Go on practice. I don't want to figure out what side I want to shoot from, but it'll be fun, man. I think it's going to be like a lot of people are disappointed because I was the one they wanted me in the dunk contest. But I think it's going to be fun because it's going to be something different. It's going to be I've never I've never done anything like it before.
1: Who 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 do you have winning the dunk contest year this year? I don't have Dwight winning. <laughs> <laughs>
2: That's just really <laughs> so
1: I don't got Dwight I think winning. Dwight's going to get fourth. Uh, you think so?
2: I don't surprised. see him, him getting it. I respect see him, him for, I respect for going in. I, it's no, it's, it really is going to be a battle between uh, Derrick Jones Jr. and, and Aaron. Because for, for Aaron to enter, I know he thinks he's he's win. He's got some good stuff.
0: Well, we it's, were talking about Derrick earlier. He That guy in game. It's some of his crazy. things are insane. It's, it's,
2: I think he jumped higher than anybody in the NBA for sure. His, and he's got a, a wingspan it's like it's, he, his
0: knuckles like drag on the floor <laughs> yeah. which is crazy did you have like when you were when you were plotting these, would you ever like like an hour before like second guess yourself and be like, "Oh shit, I should do this Or you you were sort of like locked in and what you when, wanted to do? when i when I
2: did mine like I picked my like for the second one i had to i knew I had to do dunks that I didn't do before, so once I had them set. I had some alternates to where If I didn't like it or if somebody did a dunk like it, I could switch it up. Cuz those were those two extra came yeah. from where I did me and or Aaron in the overtime cuz we I I could have just switched those out, but I never I never before was like I don't I can't do this. But it was It does once, feel, like once what I got it down, What it else easy. is
0: there in sports that's like you know you know like when Birdman or some of these guys over the years just kept missing dunk after mm-hmm. dunk and mm-hmm. the crowd it just gets really awkward because yeah. there's so many people watching. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just there's one person, and you just got to do the thing. Like, what else exists like that? I don't know. But I was going to ask something along these lines. Back
1: when I used to be able to to dunk, okay? Uh, <laughs> Have you got a dunk this year? Yeah, you did. Of course, you dunk got. this year. I haven't had a dunk since 2011. Stop lying! <laughs> no, actually, no bullshit. <laughs> I hadn't tried to dunk in a while and I dunked this morning and I felt I'm almost 36, man. I felt pretty solid about that. Just one dribble went up two hands. <laughs> pretty know. easy still. Easy, yeah. No, easy. No video, easy. No, no, no video, but no, it happened. But it happened. There's three time. people this saw It definitely
2: happened. When was the last time you dunked in an NBA game? 2011.
1: Wait, you're being for real. I'd be a dead serious. I you were game six of the fucking first round of the playoffs. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Damn. Takes too much energy. But I was gonna ask you, you so get, if you get a fast break tomorrow, I won't, I won't even try to chase you down. Bet. You gotta bet. dunk it. All right. <laughs> I'm not it's even, to I'm going literally just be
1: watching. <laughs> this like, is a <laughs> like <Adam> <laughs> like, shit. Jay. Hey, I don't know that Boylan's going to be happy about that. But, <laughs> Point <shaven. laughs> Uh There were certain days, let's say in my teens and, and 20s, where I would like feel extra bouncy. So like, I'd be like, oh, I can do a 360 windmill today or whatever. Kay. Like, has, has, was, was there ever a time, because you did dunk contests in high school too, where like, when you're that athletic, do you have days where you're not bouncy or are you always bouncy? I swear, since
2: since I've gotten to probably – I had the ACL. And then, like, when I was doing the two dunk contests, I wasn't, like, a primary guy. So I was playing, like, 28 minutes a game. I was third option. I was getting less shots. I wasn't playing as much. So now that – like so I try I, – this summer I went – because if I was going to do dunk contest, I had to see what I had. It took me a while to warm up, and for the first time, I was like, "What the hell?" Like, I could usually just get out of bed and do a three sixty or go between the legs. (laughs) Like, no, I'm like, it it sounds crazy, but like, if I wanted to go between the legs without warming up, I'll just, you know, like a layup. Yeah, (laughs) I literally have to like stretch and go up and try to dunk a couple times and be like, "All right, let's get your timing right." And it 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 is crazy because that was the first time that's really happened
1: to me. (laughs) Were you, Do you feel like that's also though because you don't practice dunking anymore? Because I believe in it. If you don't use it, you lose it. I stopped. I so after yes. the last dunk contest, I literally
2: stopped yeah. practicing. Yeah. Like dunk contest dunks. So my timing got off. So I, I bet a little bit is that, but ACL. You know, I, I'm not jumping as much as I want to anymore, <laughs> so I'm not doing that.
1: I I was going to ask you about that. So one of our one of our guys on our team, Darius Miller, <clears throat> tore his Achilles last summer in a workout. Yeah. And, like, I'm watching that guy every day do his rehab. Yeah. And I check in on – obviously, we talk about other stuff, but I check in on him every couple weeks, and I'm like, man, are you hanging in there? Because, like, explain to the listener, explain to a a fan, like, for an injury of that magnitude, an ACL, an Achilles, what that rehab process is like and how – I don't want to call it boring, but it's just monotonous.
2: To put it, is waking up doing the same thing? Thinking is going to get better, like, in the, in the short term, but you in the back of your head as a smart person knowing you're not going to be who you are in a year. Like, it's, you have to do the same thing over and over again, knowing that it's not going to show. So it's, it's really, like you said, monotonous. It's, you don't have some ups and downs. You don't have a lot of ups and downs. Shit, what am I talking about? Like, it, at was the. Was the mental part as hard as the physical part? That's, that's the harder part. That's so, like, the physical part's easy because I can get up and you can, all right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna work through it. I'm gonna get stronger. You, you know, you can feel yourself sweating and you can, you know, you feel the pain in your knee and you're like, okay, at least I'm working. I know it's getting better. But the mental part is, that's, that's what got me was, you know, once a doctor said I was okay, like, I just went and tried to, like, duck. Like, that was the first, like, my first practice, I went in and tried to duck. Just to get out my head, like I'm okay. I fell down and everything, um, but like it it takes a year after you come back to get your timing for the game now because you ain't played in a year.
1: So, yeah. so you you did it in February of your third year, right? February of my third and year. And when when did you come back? Your fourth year? I came back January. Was it January? Like okay, middle so of January? A little less than a year. Yep. And then I played at any 24 point games. in time that yeah, you played 24 games that yeah. year. I just looked it up, but did you Did you feel normal that season like that year you came back? I felt good like I felt like me like one out of every three games, yeah, like
2: the third like one game, I'll feel great, like oh yeah, I'm good, same speed, same quickness, cutting, everything like that next day you it's like you're just off a step, you know your pull up is just a little short or you're going to the rim to dunk it, and it's like, damn, I just didn't get just high enough it was it was weird, but then that summer I trained, and then Last year, I I felt I was like, "Oh yeah, Yeah. I'm good again." Like, "Oh yeah, I'm me." Like, I feel really good.
0: (laughs) Were you when you're saying you were off a little bit? Was there was there like a intrinsic fear about injuring yourself again, or just your timing just felt
2: weird? The timing, like the mental part. Then everybody's different with that, you know. Like with me, once they said I was okay, I I missed the game so much. Like I, you don't feel little aches and pains in your body anyway. When you have a knee surgery, you don't feel them more just because you're so in tune with it now. You know, I would I would have some tendon ice here and there, and I'll be like, ah. you know, is this a sign of something that's going wrong or is, like, is this just normal for the process? So you had to, you had to figure out, like, what it was. And then when you played, you, you just had to, like, get back in that groove because, you know, we, we do a lot on our feet and the cutting and the, the banging. You know, you don't bump knees. You don't hit. You don't fall. So it was just figuring out, you know, where you were. When you were in high school, were you dunking like crazy? All those dunks I did in the dunk contest I did, did
1: in, in uh, my senior year's high school. Because so we were for, ta- the first from right, the first year, right, yeah, yeah. From we were ta- the first year. So we that was the ball as ball as life dunk contest.
2: Yeah, what, what were you looking you know, at? I
1: fucking do my research. Damn, <laughs> you did the same dunks in that one in, in high school, and you did two years later your rookie year, basically, right? Pre- it was That's pretty much same. the same dunks. I just you know, could like, you imagine them up a little watching little. a high school.
0: Well, kid this is what we're saying because <laughs> we had we this, had you know? Zion come on a couple weeks ago, and but it's a little bit of like like what do you yeah think? Your experience, you being the exact same player, person, all that would have been like in high school with like Instagram, because you doing this shit. It would have been correct because Instagram started coming up, Instagram
2: and Snapchat and all that was big. Like was big when it started getting big like two years ago. Yeah, two three years ago. Like when I was in high school, like I was I just got like a Facebook account, and it sounds weird, but it was like 2011. Yeah. yeah, you know, and I got a Facebook account. Now nobody uses that. But like with social media, I say the same thing. Like you imagine like when Kobe did his like 40, 40, 50, 50, 60, 60 games, like what that would have been like in social media, or like when Gilbert Arenas was getting 29 a game, like it would have been crazy. Yeah, overall, you and you and like I
0: just watched one of your highlights of college when you had like sixteen straight, uh, sixteen straight points. Well, we talk about this. We talk about this all the time. If Twitter was around, if Twitter he was, was around, in college, oh my God, <laughs> when
1: I was in college. The it, carryover of followers that I would have—it would had been stupid from then until now. So you, See, would have 50 mil,
0: you would have fifty million followers, <laughs> 50. but you, but you might be in rehab and or oh yeah, and mental facility. <laughs> all
1: right, I got two, two more questions for you. They're both. Uh, off the court related, cool. so Frank Jackson explained to me essentially what a flex is, right? And it's intuitive, but you know, flex meaning like a, a fit, right? A Got fit it. or like a flex could be like uh, your car, I get you a bottle saying. of wine, what whatever. Yeah, so yeah. we all have like in yeah. the NBA, we, you know, each guy kind of has their own flexes. So Got like, it. what is what is a Zach Levine flex? Like, what are, what are you into? What do you what do you care about enough hmm. to flex about?
2: because your Instagram
1: one. doesn't have a lot of fit pics on it. No, yeah, I'm not
2: a big like I. I got a lot. I got a, I got some clothes, but I'm not a big fashion guy. Yeah, and, you know, like I will wear my you know my nice outfits to the game. You know, I got some jewelry, but I'm not going to wear it every day. I'm I'm more of I'm probably a car guy, or like I like I'll, I'll I'm a vacation person. Like I'll spend some money on vacation. I'm a big family person, so like when I go on vacation, I I make sure I do it right. Do you have a Phantom?
1: Did you get KG's Phantom?
2: No, 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 no. no. <laughs> I got I got I got some nice cars. So I have a I have a Lamborghini Urus, uh the SUV truck, and then I have a uh S 63 Benz. But I like old school cars a lot. So like I have I have a couple old school cars. I have like a 68 Lincoln, I got 68 Pontiac. I'm looking to get a Chevelle. So what was like, your first my, what was
0: the first like I made it ball and
2: purchase? The first I made it ball and purchase. Probably my watch. I bought a Rolex. And that was the first... Because I never was into watches. I never was in, yeah. really into he jewelry. He used to be the watch guy.
1: I actually <laughs> wanted to make an announcement. <laughs> <laughs> I ordered a watch the other day. You, a big, explain one, you, to you Zach, a big watch guy? Explain
0: to Zach the watch.
1: Okay, so this is the watch. Big is understatement. Big is <laughs> an understatement. So, off, how many watches do you have, first off? Let me see I don't own a watch. I have not worn a watch in almost three years. For about an eight-year period of my life, I bought, sold, and traded watches okay. and it was like an obsession. And I probably I owned well over a hundred watches. Come on, man. And it was not like G Shocks. <laughs> <It laughs> These were, were vintage Rolexes, APs, APs, Pateks, Vintage Pateks. Uh, I've owned pretty much every brand there is. Independent brands that you've never heard of. Like I've owned everything. And uh like plain ones bust down all that. I own everything. <laughs> everything. Everything you can think of. <laughs> And I, it became it became too much, yeah. and so I uh, I got out of the game, and I sold. I over the course of like six months, I ended up selling everything I owned, and uh, and I was good.
0: Where'd you buy? I feel like this is dangerous. I feel like you're going to no, check I back in like six, six months. No, I feel like I'm at the He's point no, have no. Awesome <laughs>
1: Questions, man. No, I, I I ordered a um a yellow gold Rolex Daytona. I've just I've wanted this watch for the last like the last two years, and it's just been eating at me. My wife last year for my birthday, she's like you. Need to have a watch. You're weird. Just get a watch. <laughs> You're being weird. So we get went watch, a watch shopping in New York City, and I like, went to every boutique, and I was like, I don't want anything. I don't want anything. I don't want a watch. And it's just, just one watch. And I was like, I just kept thinking about it for the last year. And it's not even like, a, like, that functional of a watch. right? It's, a, it's all yellow gold. Like, just I'm want just want like, I just want, want it. it. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So, But my, my flex is wine now. It's my, yeah.
2: I got a really nice. Uh, Do you have a wine cellar? Wine cellar, yeah. yeah. But I, it's nothing. So I have like a bottle of
1: like, Don Julio in it. <laughs> I guess, I guess like, there's nothing in it. Oh. You'll get into you'll be like thirty you're you're thirteen, you'll get really into wine. Really? Yeah. You you'll be what, what like 31, 32 then? You're About 30 sure.
0: you're thirty, yeah. yeah. You'll get into wine then. Do you have any um, weird do you have any weird like Obsessions like he does, like de- things like, like on the internet, like deep dive things. Oh, see now that's I've, you like you said you were really obsessed. hundred watches is a lot. I read man. watch
1: blogs. and w- <laughs> I was on watch forums. See, oh this is the thing with him. Five talking, to six play, hours like, a day. I'm
2: still twenty. I, like I play video. Like I'll go home and play video games yeah. and stuff like with my boys. Like I'm not deep into like I'm really I, I really like old school cars. Like I like like last. Literally the last, like, four or five days, like, I've been, like, since I came home from practice, like, I'll go online and I'll look at, like, what car I want to get. Like, old school Chevy, 68. I'm trying to look at the motor on it and stuff like that. But still haven't
1: bought it yet, so.
0: We do a thing on the show, Bored on the Road. Yeah. We Which is about, my last question. Yeah, go, go No, go, go ahead. You do it. You get it. No, you do it. Stole go. your question. Stole. <laughs> <laughs> it's all good.
1: No, we, we, uh, Bored on the Road. Just, like, what is the last thing you did on the road that was super random when you got bored? We wow. spend so much time on Not road. like my routine. Like Not like play – like do you have a mobile Xbox? Yep. Okay. Just, so so, so that, that does not count. Okay. Yeah. What was some – Going cool? to dinner with a teammate does not yeah. count. So just some weird shit I did just on <laughs> yeah. my own. What do you do – Watch movie. When you get – let's say – like to, let's, for us today, we fly into Chicago. Let's yeah. say you go fly into Atlanta. Yeah. What are you doing when you fly in? You get in there. You get in the city at 4 or 5 in the afternoon. What are you uh, doing first that First thing I do is I, I – so I
2: go upstairs. Get, get, you know, I go take my shower. Um, you shower when you get in? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Shower, go take my shower, you know. It's just, you know, it's like, like a little de- decompressing, you know. Okay. Shower gets me a little relaxed. Uh, <laughs> not judging. not yeah, judging. Yeah, no, I just got to explain it for you.
1: <laughs> <laughs> You're like, why are you getting in the shower?
2: <laughs> um, I order my room dining where I go, like, figure out, looking on the, on the bus, I'm looking like, what's the food like? That's close. Okay. Plug in that video game, call my boy, sit on that for about four hours. <laughs> Okay. Yep, and then when my massage time comes, go to
0: that, <laughs> order some more food, take my ass sleep. That's pretty much it. So will you never go? Because we do this all the time. Will you? If like you're in a city that has really good restaurants, will you ever go out?
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll that, that, that that's the difference. Like I'll ask around. Like I put in a group text to dudes want to go out or something like that, or you know, if my girls on the road with me, I'll go out and eat. But if it's like you know, Cleveland or Indiana or Atlanta's different, you yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. New Orleans, I, I'm sorry. Like, I stayed in the room the whole time. Well, it was,
1: apparently Zach just named his three shittiest cities. <laughs> San Antonio. I mean, I'm poor. poor. Like, I'm trying to
2: think of a weird thing I did that was just do, random.
1: Just, do you ever go to the movies?
2: Yeah, all the time. Like, okay, I'm so the movies movie person. Yeah, right. Right. but, like, I'll do that. Like okay. all, So, like, when I was in Boston, like, I just... I went to the movies by myself. Yeah, you're right. That was probably some weird shit. I went and saw 1917.
1: What really you think?
2: It was, I couldn't stand it because I thought it was going to be like Saving Private Ryan. <laughs> I, but the cinematography was great. Crazy. It was incredible. You're crazy. They, they should have
0: started with the last it? scene. It's crazy. The movie is, it. I don't even want to ruin it. You just got to see it. I went and saw it. The Gentleman really. the other night. Have that, you seen The Gentleman? I saw that too. I thought, I'm I a big movie what, Did you like The Gentleman? Yeah, it was
2: good. It's weird at first. You saw it, right? Yeah, yeah. I didn't understand it at first, and yeah, then I was like, oh, yeah, like, it makes good. sense. Sky Ritchie. Did I mean, you it's... see,
0: did you see Uncut Gems?
2: No, I haven't seen that. Oh,
0: yet. you should definitely, because, you know, KG's like, he's really in it. Oh, really? He's a big
2: part, like, he's not like a cameo. Thad like, he... told me he's in it because they, like, filmed it, like, playing, like, the Sixers or something, like, Thad well, Young the cra- was, like, with the Sixers or something when they're playing. <laughs>
0: well, so the crazy thing was they, they originally they've been trying to do this movie. The directors, is really bad. Young with the, with the Sixers that was like six years ago. <laughs> That's what <I'm> yes, <laughs> no it makes really sense. sense. No, but this is the thing they were trying. to, They were originally going to do the movie with Amari, uh, and then Amari backed out. Okay. And then they were going to do it with Joel. And there was like a long period where like they were at all your games. The directors they live in New York. Uh, the Safety brothers they were they Joel was in like everything was going to work. Yeah. And then at the last minute, Adam Sandler's schedule changed, and they had to shoot in season. And so they were like, fuck, Like we don't know what to do. And they got KG at the last minute. But basically, they then had to rewrite the script to fit it into one of KG's playoff series. So they were originally, they they were going to do like, yeah, they were going to do like a modern take if they were doing with Joel. And so they had to, but they do this really cool thing, which is a ruined thing in the movie. They do this really cool thing where like all the details in the movie, I think it's 2012 or whatever year it is. Yeah. Like, all the iPhones, like, the 2012 iPhones, like, they're very, very particular about making sure wow. that, like, everything is. But KG is amazing. And People were saying he should have got nominated for an Oscar, which is not bullshit. You, all right. Have you seen it? <laughs> no. I've sent him the link, like, three times. He keeps do you think
1: Ray Allen should have been nominated for an Oscar no, for
0: He Got Game? No, I don't. This is, <laughs> that's a good point. <laughs> no. This Come is, on, man. Th- This is the thing with this movie. You guys, bo- the, what, was, you the, guys what bo- was the LeBron movie? I'm about what to add. Is the LeBron is the train wreck. Train wreck. Yeah. Wreck. yeah. yeah. No, he should not. Have got he an Oscar. is. I don't think he should. I don't think. I don't think Kevin should have gotten nominated for an Oscar. But he's significantly better than any other NBA player ever in a movie. He shouldn't have gotten nominated because he's playing himself. Like I don't think you should ever get nominated when you're playing yourself. But he's he keeps my, my up with everything. My
2: Wi-Fi today and it won't work, so I might go watch Uncut and I'll Be real. With <laughs> you. Going to the movies
0: by yourself is actually good.
2: Yeah, because you don't got to worry about anybody else. I
0: feel like going to
1: the movies by yourself yourself says a lot about your level of confidence and the healthiness of your ego. And what, being able to do that?
0: Most have, you, have so, you been to the movies by yourself?
1: All the time. I do, yeah. I do everything yeah. by myself all the time. I'm yeah. totally comfortable by myself. Because if the movie yeah, sucks, like, you I just leave. Almost, I, me
0: and you,
2: <laughs> yeah. like, I don't need a great, lot of man. people when I'm on the road. Like I'm good. Yeah. Make sure I have everything I need, and yeah.
1: I'm always a little jealous of you're talking about like staying in your hotel room and like not leaving the hotel. I'm jealous of people like Jamal Crawford. Yeah. Would not leave his hotel room. Makes and sense. And I'm jealous of people that can do that because I just get. I get antsy, man. Do you no, go eat by yourself? Like
2: go
0: like restaurant table for time. one.
1: Table for one. That's me. Yeah, okay. I did it in Houston the other night. Okay. But when you <laughs> so, did that, in Washington. <laughs> I swear I so did. when you're
0: doing table for one, are you just on your phone? Are you a book? Yeah. What it sucks iPad? though is a lot of times if you haven't recharged your phone
1: and you get to your table or like sometimes you know they don't we don't have a table for one. You need the bar. All right, fine, whatever. And you're, like, at, like, 11%, and you know the meal is going to be an hour. So you really got to ration, like, your screen time. <laughs> you really <laughs> you, dim, you dim it down. You go to the battery-saving
2: mode.
0: Yeah. I'm, I, know. Oh, I do all the tricks. I'm, <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing all that. Wait, I have a question that was on the – that someone from Twitter sent in for both of you that we didn't get to yet. Yes. What do you think – I thought it was really interesting. What do you think the proper – Oh, yeah, I was going to ask What that do that. you think the proper protocol for a fan – If a fan sees you either in Chicago or elsewhere, and they either want to take a picture or they want to say hi or whatever, like what's the way to do it that isn't weird?
1: Um, I'm fine doing whatever. My rule is if I leave my apartment or I leave my hotel room, I'm on, I'll sign whatever, I'll take any picture. It's very rude while I'm eating. It's very rude to interrupt me mid conversation. Other than that, I'm cool. The one thing is, I was going to ask you, do you sign for the people outside the hotels? Every once in a while.
2: Like, yeah. it just depends on, like, yeah. pretty much, like, if it's, like, late <laughs> as hell and I see some people out there, like, we yeah. we went to Cleveland, like, not too long ago. And like, it's negative four. And they're outside eight. waiting. It's, like, yeah. I feel, like, obligated. Like, if I don't sign this, like, I'm going to be, like, it's, like, terrible karma. Like, yeah. but I'm the same way. Like, once, I, once I'm once i outside of, like, my personal, like, space in my house or, like, inside, the, you know, this is our job, you know. Right. You know, this, this little, a little kid could come up to you or even a fan Like, that's going to impact their life, so. But like you said, if 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 I'm eating and somebody comes up to the table, if I'm with my like with my girl or like my family, it's like a ah, it's like come on hurry up let's get it done type thing. Yeah.
1: Or if my dad's with my dad's cool, he can he can buffer all. I that. do appreciate yeah. the people that wait till you're done eating and you get up and then they and then say, hey, they excuse you, me. You I know his
0: questions? thing is now leaving Instagram comments on food on food blogs and websites when he doesn't like the review that the website gives of a restaurant. So <laughs> give the backstory. <laughs>
1: Zach, these are the things I'm passionate about. He literally <laughs> sits at home
0: and he That's looks up, true. and he looks up reviews of restaurants he likes. I don't like, sit at
1: home. I'm playing with my instead, kids when I'm home. Instead of, <laughs>
0: instead of getting watches, he now sits at home and he waits. He sees a review. Like, he he like, like a
1: Yelp reviewer for Instagram. And
0: he gets in the comments and he gets in it with everybody. He doesn't respond to comments about himself. He responds to comments about restaurants he likes that people have disrespected.
1: True, true to Malcolm Gladwell's theory on people that leave comments. People that leave comments leave comments when they're when they have a negative experience, and I had, a neg- I had a negative experience with the review, the review was so poor of this restaurant. I had it to was so wrong. That. I had to call them out on the review. That's so the restaurant was good, but they reviewed it bad. Oh, the restaurant's fire! Right? It was like my favorite place—not my favorite, but top three favorite place in New York.
0: Do you ever go-to spot in New York?
2: When I go to New York, I go shop. I go to the, the patron at a new place. I go shopping. Oh yeah, but eating—you need to get out to Brooklyn. Yeah, you need we got go to Lily place. and Missy. I'm trying to, I really, I'm not a New York person. Like, I haven't figured out You need like, to go to Brooklyn then. It is? Yeah, it's Brooklyn's Brooklyn. a different vibe.
0: It's different. It's much more chill. Oh, no,
2: I do have a spot. Um, Peter, Peter Luger's. Okay. At, oh, my goodness. Yeah. yeah. Luger's is next level. Yeah. It's
1: crazy. All right, Zach, appreciate the time. Thank you for answering all great, the questions. Man. That was fun. The smart ones and the was, dumb was, ones. This was, <laughs> wow, this, this was fun, man. You so can do your own
2: podcast. I mean, I can talk if you have somebody easy to talk to. You know, yeah. this, is, this is a conversation pretty
1: much. All right. Thanks, bud. All right. That, that'll be it for this week's episode of the JJ Reddick Podcast with Tommy Alter. Uh, as always, thank you so much for listening. I want to thank our guest again, Zach Levine. He was an awesome guest. Enjoyed the conversation. Uh, we will be back very soon with another episode. Um, As always, you can leave comments, questions on Twitter, on the Ringer feed, or go to my Instagram account. Um, Just don't bring up the car ride. (laughs) Until next week, (laughs) later. (laughs)